Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Uh, A bit of an argument going on on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, Journalist, uh, freelance journalist Stephen Burke. Uh, put up a comment on Twitter in relation to Paul Travaux from Travaux's Restaurant, who we had on two weeks ago, who is setting out a plan, who he's, which he says he'll be announcing tonight. I'm going to speak to both Stephen and Paul in a second. But Paul is announcing a plan tonight whereby he believes the restaurants are being unfairly treated and unfairly targeted by Neffet and the government, and he doesn't understand why they can't open when hotels and bed and breakfast and guest house are opening on, the, on June the 2nd as part of Ireland's reopening. He believes there's no difference, and to quote him in the last time he was on the show, he said the virus doesn't know whether it's staying the night in a hotel or being in a restaurant and he is putting together a plan I suppose of civil disobedience uh, Stephen Burke not too pleased with that and both of them join me on the air good afternoon to you Stephen good afternoon to you Paul uh, but, uh, gentlemen and now Stephen let's go first to, to why you put up these tweets on Twitter over the weekend and for just in the interest uh, of fairness here I'm going to read out the tweets if you don't mind um, is there a list of restaurants and bars fixing to open up early in order to put up uh, put, or to put it up to public health doctors. I want to make sure I never spend money in one of these for the rest of my days. I wonder if we could book them out and do a mass no-show, i.e. you want to do a boycott. And then you said, OK, let's start a list. Trevo's, 62 High Street, Killarney, County Kerry, any others? And you go on then to say, and I'll be saving my pennies for the restaurants which have stayed the course and stuck to the public health controls. Now, you got a huge reaction, Stephen, but quite a negative reaction, I would imagine, it seems, uh, to your tweet. I don't know about that, Niall. I think it was quite a mixed reaction. Um, Paul Trevote is obviously going to skew the numbers a bit. He's much more followers on Twitter than I do. Uh, just to correct you there, I never mentioned Paul in my original tweet. He's the one who took the meaning that I was talking about him. Honestly, when I wrote it, I thought there were more restaurants involved. So far, it seems to be just him. Well, I, I don't know how many restaurants are involved. And, and Paul... I, and Paul's I, not telling us, Niall. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, talk, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Paul in a second. all the attention just for himself. Okay, well, we'll come to Paul in a second in relation to that. But why do, you, why do you feel, when you look at, say, the situation in restaurants at the moment, and they've been a lot of them have been closed for nearly a year. Some will never reopen, by the way, uh, because they go out of business. Others are at the brink of bankruptcy, and they just want to get open again. They're looking at countries, Northern Ireland and the UK, for example. By the way, thankfully, I had no debts apart from Wales yesterday. Uh, and they're looking at these other countries which are reopening much quicker than we are. And they're frustrated. Can you you understand their frustration, Stephen? Totally. God, there's nothing I like better than a big boozy lunch, lots of wine, nice big steak. Um, and we've all had that lovely experience in restaurants up and down the country. We're all looking forward to going back to it when we can, aren't we? I mean, what I find fundamentally unfair is the idea that all these businesses have taken state support up and down the country. They've taken rates waivers. They're taking the PUP supports for their staff in the cases where they haven't laid them off. They've all taken them, and they're all on an even playing field, as it stands right now. And a man like Paul Trevod wants to come in and open up ahead of the rest of his competition just to get the jump on them. I think that's despicable. And moreover, I know why Paul is so nervous. Paul, look, to be fair to Paul, his restaurant there in Killarney is probably going through the hardest hit. And we have to be realistic now, as you said. Well, he relies on holiday. He relies on holiday makers, yes. He relies on holiday makers. One third of the plane internationally, of all the passenger jets, currently sitting on tarmac in mothballs all over the world. The holiday trade isn't coming back, and it isn't coming back soon. So some of those restaurants on High Street in Killarney, where Paul is, are going to have to close. And Paul's just determined it's not going to be his. 
But, but what you did was in your tweet, and, and by the way, I'm all for free speech. And by the way, I certainly don't uh, condone you suggested online that people had given you death threats. Now, don't get me wrong. I always see, you see common abuse. It's bloody Twitter, right? People call each other gobshites all the time, right? Oh, no, and this went, this went above and beyond. And, and, and by the way, and, later, and nobody, nobody condones that behaviour, all right? And I, I would never condone that behaviour to, towards anybody. I I'd like to hear it from Paul, if you don't mind. Well, that's okay. Well, Paul can decide what he wants to say in a second. Uh, but in relation to your tweet, I mean, what you're calling for was a boycott of restaurants who take this stance. A lot of people will say, but that's, you put up a tweet which provoked which would be somewhat division. It would divide people's opinion. Like if I put up a tweet tomorrow saying, for example, I think everybody should wear masks for the next five years. Now, maybe that's a genuine opinion held by some people, by the way. I, I certainly wouldn't hold that opinion. I would expect a level of abuse. I would expect people who don't agree with mask wearing to call me a fool, a clown, a gobshite, and all sorts of other things. So I'm assuming you expected some of that. Um, well, maybe. I didn't expect Paul to actually pick up on it since I didn't tag him in the tweet. Um, I know from previous occasions when he has tagged me in his tweets, as he's done on several occasions now, uh, there has been some degree of blowback because he seems to have some very, very angry and strange followers. All right, um, well, a lot of them calling me a communist, strangely. Okay, I don't well, know what that's about. I, did, I didn't uh, say, I didn't notice just, that one. Okay, I'm not, but, but I'm not, would I, you? I, but would I you accept? State, I should state I'm not a communist. I got a lot of DMs now as well. You're not a I communist. I should state that I'm not a communist. <laughs> All right, okay. Record, and okay. To suggest that I have some political affiliation is highly disparaging to my reputation as an okay. independent journalist. All right, okay. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. Well, I wasn't, Stephen, I, I wasn't even aware of that. Okay, but in in relation to your initial tweet, did you expect any kind of reaction to it? In the sense that what you're essentially calling for is a boycott, because you said, "I wonder if we could book them out and then run a mass no show." That's essentially a boycott. I mean, when you're calling, I mean, these are but it restaurants. Is a boycott. I've said so. Okay. Well, sorry, say that again. I've said so. It's a boycott. Well, it is a boycott, yes. So yeah. essentially, here's, here's restaurants who are already on their knees. That's the reaction I'm hoping for, I must say. Absolutely. So restaurants who are already on their knees and you're pushing, because you, initially in your initial tweet, you didn't mention any particular restaurant. So you're talking about all restaurants who take this position or take this stance. And I know barbers and hairdressers have done it over the last few months as well. One or two of them have opened and been closed again by the guards or gyms or whatever it was. What you're essentially saying is that you would like to see them punished financially for taking a stance. I mean, there's always been that, you know, I mean, you being a journalist would know worldwide that bad laws are made to be broken. And sometimes people feel that they have to stand up for their rights. Do you accept that? Oh, no. And, and I'm all for the civil disobedience now in the best of times. What Paul can hardly claim is in the tradition of Martin Luther King here when he's going to be putting people at risk of taking up a serious, serious infection. Yeah, but when you talk he'll, about the risk, I mean... I, 5,000 people. Okay. And don't forget that before Christmas, when we had this big reopening, don't forget, we were, we're sitting on 2,000 extra deaths from this pandemic as a result of pressure. That, that's, an incorrect, that's an incorrect sta- statement, Stephen, because you know the increase that we had in January or February. There was a lot of vari- variables attached to that, including people, by the way, meeting up in their own homes over the Christmas period, and also in relation to the fact that most viruses are have seasonality to them as well. Yes, there may have been an increase in the fact that more people were out and about. There's no doubt about that. But the uh, when we look at the actual outbreaks over that period of time from November right through to the end of December, uh, a lot of the blame is not with the hospitality. And to give us some indication of that... Oh, with some of it surely must be. Almost oh, a small amount. To give us some indication, a, right? a, a larger well, sample. Well, let, well, let me give you a larger sample size. At the time, now, okay. Let, things from the let me, let me from, give you some data. Let me give you some data. Do you want, do you want me to? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to go over what is effectively ancient history, but I was covering it on the front lines myself as a, as a reporter um, throughout the Christmas period. Um, and look, it all moved very quickly, 
and the government put a lot of spin on it in order to save their blushes. But there was quite a lot of contribution from the real. Okay, well, I'll give, give you the data in a second. And the HSC said as much. I'll give you the data in a second, but I want to be fair to everybody and give everybody equal time here. So Paul Travaux from Travaux's Restaurant also joins us. Paul, you're flying in the face of government guidelines. Uh, you're being a little bit of a rogue. You're being a bit of a rebel. Can you not just wait the extra bit of time? The government have already said pubs, restaurants will be able to open for outdoor dining on June the 7th. And by, well, Leo Varadka indicated early June, you'll be able to open up anyway. So why at this stage, when you've been closed a year anyway, why, you know, why run the gauntlet and do it a month earlier? Uh, hi, Niall. How you doing? And I, I will say one thing. Fair play for Stephen for coming on, on the phone here. I have to admit, I actually don't think I need to say anything. I should just let Stephen do all the talking for me uh, because he seems to know me inside out and he seems to know everything that I'm, I have to say and what I'm about to do. The plan, by the way, will be uh, revealed tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And then everybody can see exactly what it is we're, we're talking about. And there's going to be quite a few surprises, I can guarantee that. But Stephen went on to say, so first of all, I mean, obviously, as you said, we're not going to condone any death threats, although I didn't see anything like that myself at all. Um, but Stephen went on to say... Well, well, uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen, I would ask that you just let him finish. And, and, and you, will ha- you will have the right to reply to him at the end, Stephen. So if he, wants to, if he wants to say things like that, I'm going to have to jump in. Okay, all right. Stephen, I'll let you respond when he's finished. All right. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead Paul. Thanks, and by the way, both both of you, and I'll say this to both of you, by the way, to be fair, if we could just all act like gentlemen today, it'd be lovely. All right, sorry, go ahead, Paul. Absolutely. So, so Stephen went on afterwards to say, if a restaurant owner would break the COVID regulations to enrich himself, he's hardly going to worry himself unduly about rat droppings, rotten meat, cockroaches either. What would be more positive than running a man like that, a menace to the health and safety, out of business? Now, when somebody starts putting something like that up about whether it be me or anybody, whatever, on social media, at some stage you have to turn around and go, listen, buddy, hang on a second. You're, you're, you're kind of stretching it a bit too much there. I got this machine that is in every state-of-the-art hospital back in March, and I tweeted up to say we've at, we're going that extra mile here in Trevos, um, uh, a machine with UV light that is scientifically proven to kill all known viruses, including COVID, that we have that inside. And that would that would kill it from surfaces, but not from people, obviously. Spreading no, no, it to each other. yeah, yeah. So, so at night time, you plug it in, and if there's anything on surfaces, you plug it in, and the UV light would 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 uh, would do its job. And, and Stephen, for some reason, attacked me back in March. So I, I, I'm not too sure where this is coming from. So I have to admit, I'm gobsmacked twice in the last three days, which is a first for me. First of all, to have seen all this on Twitter, and second of all, I was full sure the first words that were going to come out of Stephen's mouth was, "I'm sorry." Maybe I shouldn't have said what I said because the reaction that Stephen got from me just retweeting, and I just put out to my followers as to what he's after saying, was that people were absolutely jaw-dropped to say, are you saying that you want to destroy an industry that is already destroyed, that's already on the brink of collapse, where many of them have already closed? You're telling your followers to book restaurants and then not show up? That's what you're putting out? Stephen, Stephen, that is what you're putting out, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But on the contrary, I want people to save their money for restaurants that actually stay the course. And I believe fully that Paul and his pals are going to be paying much more. When you say Paul and his pals, I mean, I assume Paul... As far as I'm I'm aware, um, I've only seen evidence of one other restaurant that's been involved in this campaign that the burger joint's over in. Okay, well, you know, you, well, I, we, we don't know the name of that restaurant yet, Hunter Paul announced that tomorrow. But, but okay, Paul, what sort of support have you got? What sort of support have you got, Paul? For the plan? Yes, for the hashtag it's, plan, as you're calling it, the plan. What, no, I'm not going to write the plan. The plan. 
What's, what sort of support have you got? It is, it is absolutely incredible the amount of people that are coming on board with this. Just to see, I, like I'm laughing. So, so first of all, we said we weren't going to unveil it until we did it live. So people listening to it can make up their own minds. So nobody can spin anything like journalists, like Stephen, who's trying to say, I'm saying we're going to do this, I'm saying we're going to do that. You will see exactly what the plan is tomorrow. And trust me, I'm not going to put myself into the public eye like this if we haven't thought it through. And we're just appealing to the people to listen, the people of this country, to listen to what we have to say tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on my Facebook page, Paul Trevo, that you will see exactly what our plan is going to be there. Okay, I, I don't want, I, I mean, you, you're saying you're going to do it tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. To yeah. be fair to all media, so you want to give it to everybody at the same time and not Correct. be and unfair to anybody. But in your plan... That's hilarious. It was okay. in the examiner last Friday. Okay, but in your, in your plan... Well, uh, Niall, I'm going to answer that one very quickly. Uh, Stephen, as you well know, journalists can fabricate any stories mm-hmm. that they want. That's why you're in the examiner the, the other day. Paul, what are you Sorry? talking about? You're interviewed in the piece, and I would have great objection to you calling a fellow colleague, uh, accusing a colleague in a name well, newspaper. Of well, go back and look at the piece, and you'll see it. that I'm, my tweets are quoted, Stephen. That's awful. His tweets you know, are... He, wait, okay, he made, he made his tweets. not liking it. Okay, his, his tweets were quoted in the article is the point that he's making. Okay, but Paul, to clarify your hashtag, the plan, right? And I know you don't want to release the details of the plan until tomorrow. But would it be fair to say that it is a level of civil disobedience? That, in other words, you're saying or putting it to the government, we're not waiting till July. We've had enough of this. And when the hotels open on June the 2nd, we are going to open as well. With, obviously, caveats in there that we keep social distancing and do it responsibly. Now, I, I don't want to know all the details of your plan, but with that, because that's what you mentioned to us two weeks ago on the air. So would that be the crux of it? When, when you go into battle, Niall, you don't tell the opposition what your Well, it's the crux is. of it, Paul. You mentioned it on the air just two weeks ago. That's what you said two weeks ago on the air. So that would be the crux of it, wouldn't it? So exactly as I said, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of surprises when we announce this tomorrow night. And if the public don't support us, I will be the first person to put my hand up and say, I got this one wrong. But I'm telling you now, I see what we're getting in on social media. All you need to look is at the post that I'm putting up. All you need to look is the amount of emails, texts, but can letters. You, but can you clarify for me, Paul, that the crux of it is based on what you said to us two weeks ago, which was you said, uh, and I'm quoting you, that a virus doesn't know if it's staying the night in a hotel. In other words, that you don't understand the logic, and I, and I get what you're saying, you don't understand the logic of why the government would allow hotels to serve food with self-catering accommodation or whatever it happens to be, or guest houses, but not allow you to have people eat indoors. That the virus doesn't know the difference. Are, are you still sticking to that? Is oh, that part of the plan? Oh, oh, like the hundred percent. Okay. I, I'm questioning all the logic as to what's been said here for various reasons that we'll say that we'll set out tomorrow. But for me to tell you that is like telling you at the start of the last line of duty episode as to who H was. So you're going to have to just listen and watch. And we're being very, very coy about it in the sense that people will make up their own mind once once we say this. They're going to say, is that civil disobedience? I'm not so sure. Yes, it is. We think this guy's an idiot. We actually think he's onto something. We think this guy has nailed it on the head. We think he's made a gobshite out of himself. They're going to decide themselves once they pay attention to this and once they see exactly what we're going to say tomorrow night. Okay, as a point of clarification, the Irish examiner Paul Travaux said on Friday the campaign is urging all of hospitality and other sectors that are closed to get involved. The full campaign is due to be unveiled in the coming days. Did you, did you speak to the Irish examiner? They rang me and I told them I wouldn't give them any quote. And I have no problem saying that I said, if you misquote me, I will copy that article and put it up and say, I never said that, which is pretty much what I did. Okay, all right. Okay, Stephen, 
basically, yes, what he's saying is, now, obviously, we don't know the whole plan. He will unveil that tomorrow and the support that he has. But he obviously, Paul Trevo believes he has quite a lot of support in the sector. Um, he's basing this on the fact that the government have outlined that they will allow hotels, bed and breakfasts and self-catering accommodation to open on June the 2nd. But they're not allowing restaurants to have the same people eat indoors until probably sometime late June or early July at the very earliest. And Paul's theory is, so what's the difference? And logically, it's fair to say, Stephen, what is the difference? Well, that's exactly what the restaurant sector is asking, to be fair. Uh, no, I spoke to uh, the, I spoke to Adrian Cummins of the Restaurant Association coming on air. He told me, uh, yes, they are writing to the minister the consideration of legal action, and they will support legal action in respect of any restaurant who wants to take it. But they're not backing Paul and his Mary Band. They're completely not affiliated with the Restaurant Association, which is the leading trade organisation in the sector. Your industry colleagues are not with you, Paul. <laughs> oh, Stephen, you know, I give you one thing. You do make me laugh, I have to admit. If I was in terrible form, I'm in flying form now. I love the way you know the answer to everything. I really hope you're going to keep your top on and not surprise people too much tomorrow night, Paul. I'll leave that stuff to Leo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen, do you, uh, do you regret putting it up, putting up the tweet, suggesting to people that restaurateurs who have suffered greatly, just like the aviation industry and the hotel industry and everybody else, but restaurateurs and bar owners who have suffered greatly, great losses. I know you're saying that the government are sustaining them financially, but it certainly isn't making up for the losses that they're enduring at the moment. Many of them are never going to open again. And they're, they're grappling to try and get open. They're grappling to save their staff's jobs. They're grappling to save their business they might have built up over 30 years. And, and they're trying to do something. Maybe, I, you know, everybody, I'm not suggesting civil disobedience is a good thing, but in some t- there are times in our lives where people have to stand up for what they believe is right. And, and Paul is standing up for what he believes is right and genuinely believes is right uh, under the circumstances. And look, and look. And, and you go along, hang on, let me finish. And you go up along and put up a tweet telling people to boycott him. Speaking personally, I'm all for the civil disobedience. It's clearly not. Well, I am actually, but not in this case. Hang on, did I, I hear think, that right? I think restaurateurs would want to be very, 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 very wary of joining Paul. Um, He's not asking you to join him. Oh, I'm, not ask, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting anybody should join him. I'm suggesting they shouldn't. I think we should financially incentivize those businesses which obey the law. Uh, if there was a food closure order uh, on a business, I would expect that food closure order to be be carried out and be, be I mean, as a journalist Stephen if you were to put up on Twitter you know I think what Paul Travaux is doing in other restaurants by opening earlier or by suggesting they're opening earlier you know completely goes against government guidelines and it's wrong fair enough that's your opinion but when you go then a step further and say I want everybody to book them out and run a mass no show so you want to financially damage them for doing that that goes a step further uh, do you accept I that? no I don't it's in the fine tradition of boycott so you're calling for other people then to punish any restaurant that doesn't agree with the guidelines. And I mean, if you look here, for example, let's both of you, let's get to statistics, OK? And let's take a bigger sample size. The UK obviously have done a lot more data than we have, OK? And they've a lot more people in the country than we have. And they've had the same bloody virus anyway. So a survey by the UK Hospitality has found that COVID-19 transmission rates in the on-trade are extremely low, with 0.06% customer infections per venue reported. The survey spanned 12,500 
522 hospitality venues in the UK that employ a total of 358,000 people and it found that in the 14 weeks since the sector was allowed to open and reopen again, uh, 1,728 staff members had been infected with COVID, equating to an employee infection rate of 0.48% across 20 million work shifts. It's minuscule, Stephen, minuscule. And that would apply here as well. If we look, if we look at the outbreaks here. Because that's a trade industry uh, survey but, from the UK. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying but is... There's a different, well, there's also a different virus context, of course. They have much higher vaccination rates. But leaving that aside... No, that's an over, this is an overall picture. That's an overall picture. The point I'm making is, we're at a point now, Stephen, and you must it's accept... Survey, though. I mean, we're at again, a point now. You, but Steve, but Stephen, you must accept we're at a point now where 1.8 million people have been given at least a first jab at this stage, right? Which means that the vulnerable, the over 65s, and the majority of people who are at risk to COVID-19 now are not going to possibly die from it because they won't get serious uh, symptoms. We're also at a stage now where by the end of July, which Paul is talking about, obviously June the 2nd, which is still another two or three weeks away, but at that stage, we're going to be up to probably half the population will have got at least the first jab. We're seeing now in the UK already, thankfully, no deaths yesterday in England, no deaths in Scotland, no deaths in Northern Ireland. So clearly these vaccines are working and they're saving lives. Our ICU levels are down now. 27 people on a ventilator, 32 people in ICU, and a population of 5 million people. Is Paul not right in saying it's time to let's get the show back on the road again? Well, the National Public Health Emergency Team disagrees. Do you believe, do you believe everything that Neffet says? Do you agree with everything Neffet says? Well, that's a question for Neffet, really, isn't it, Niall? Why aren't you turning up to the Neffet press briefings if you have so many questions for them? I've because well, I don't think I'd be allowed to. But Niall, do, do you, do well, you, you agree with everything? Though, I'm only, asking you a question. A letter from your station director, Niall. Just do you, go on up. It's really easy. Do you, do you agree? The press card can get in. Well, not unfo- a problem. Unfortunately, I'm a very busy person. Do you agree, Stephen, with everything Neffet says? I do not agree with everything Neffet says. Well, then! I think they should have gone earlier with the mask mandate. I think there's a severe difficulty with the fact that they've completely, completely ignored the needs of single people all through this pandemic, which I'm one, I'm sorry to say. And, look, there's no, there's no doubt that the pandemic has been easiest on middle-class people who are working from home. There's no doubt about that. No doubt at all. Niall, I and just want to come advice in. has contributed to that. Yes, yeah, sorry, Paul, go ahead. But that's just been handy. Paul, go ahead. The public health advice 12 months ago was that a €9 chicken nugget would save you from getting COVID. So we are Some fully... chicken nugget, Paul. We are fully within our rights. It's probably like the fees you charge for your journalism. But I, but, but I, but I, but I do, I do believe that the nine euro chicken nuggets, or as you call it, has been abandoned. Oh, 100 percent. So well, therefore, public health advice is exactly, not always 100 percent correct. Stephen, 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 do me a favor. Don't. Are you done? It is actually still present. Don't interrupt me when I'm talking sense, because I don't interrupt you when you're talking nonsense. So, Stephen started this conversation by saying restaurants are taking all these subsidies and all these monies and everything and the PUP if the staff aren't Mm -hmm. collecting it. This is absolute nonsense. I would gladly give every single cent back if we could open and trade as to how we did last year safely when there was no vaccination, when there was higher rates of uh, contagion. We traded as safely as anybody in the hospitality sector can do. That's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we will do again. We can do it from six months ago, three months ago, tomorrow, yesterday, and today. 
we are in this game all our lives in hospitality and it is what we do and it is what we do very very well and all we are asking for is a level playing field what the government has put in now has divided the hospitality sector which is absolutely insane they are giving hotels and no disrespect to hotels i'm delighted they can open on the 2nd of june we're just saying we should be open same time too we are going to lose all our staff to the hotels it is going to create an absolute economic disaster come next winter particularly in rural ireland because businesses will not be able to open up seven days a week. It is going to be absolutely catastrophic for the economy of this country going forward. And when you listen tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on my Facebook page, I'm going to explain to you exactly why I see this happening, why I believe I'm right, Mm -hmm. and why I believe that Neffet and the government must be asked those serious hard questions and more importantly to get answers from them. Stephen, finally, would you accept that the hotel industry, the restaurant industry and generally the hospitality industry rely basically on those three months, well, of course, Christmas as well, but June, July, August are the months where they make a lot of money, of course, in this country. And not just from, uh, you know, international travel, but from uh, domestic travel as well and people on holidays around the country, uh, which is going to be quite big this year because a lot of people won't be going away. So would you accept that, you know, waiting till the middle of July to allow them to open is just a step too far at this stage, at this point in in COVID-19? Would you accept that, Stephen? No, I bluntly disagree. Now, of course, it goes without saying that the summer trade is really important, especially in the West. Uh, but it's not coming back in the same size that it normally does. It's not going to be there in the scale that you want. They it accept to be that. There. I think. I think all restaurants, bars, and hotels will accept that. But in saying that, of course, we've seen it. We just heard it on the news a minute ago. There's a one-third increase in the amount of bookings hotels have had over the in Ireland in the last month because people are getting a little bit of confidence now in the fact that they may actually be open and they may stay open uh, rather than getting cancelled as usual. So why not increase that confidence? Let the restaurants. I mean, look at the UK. Look at Northern Ireland. Look at other countries around the world. They're all trying to move on. Ireland, we are now, with the exception of Cuba, in the the longest lockdown in the world. It has to stop at some point. We can't keep playing like this forever. Stephen, well, would you, you, would you not take, accept that? Well, look, if you want to take the public health advice from Niall Boylan and Paul Trayvon... Um, nobody is suggesting, is, is uh, nobody is suggesting we take public um, health advice from Niall Boylan. From the public health doctors. Right, and okay. I would urge anybody who's uh, running a restaurant or a cafe <laughs> and is thinking about following Paul and his, and his married band in to seek advice from a solicitor specifically with consultation of Section 43 of the Health Act 1947, which is the law that Paul would be breaking uh, if he does decide to open straight up. It says, Section 43 says, if you are required to take a precaution like closing your restaurant and you don't, the court shall presume that such infection was the direct result of the failure to take the precaution unless otherwise satisfied. And, and, and fi- finally, Paul, well, finally, Paul, are you prepared for that? infected with COVID in Paul's restaurant, you can shoot the pants off him. Okay, Paul, are you, are you prepared for the fact that you are breaking the law? I would urge every journalist to listen to the story before they make up their own minds before listening to anything. Okay, listen, on that note, I'm going to have to wrap it up. Thank you very much indeed, Paul Trevo from Trevo's Restaurant. And Stephen, I do appreciate you coming on the air. Stephen Burke, freelance journalist. All right. Uh, loads and loads of people texting. Uh, some of your texts, by the way, I will not read out. Um, yes, uh, somebody says, I'm with Paul all the way. Now I get Stephen off the air. Stephen is making no sense. Uh, please uh, correct him. It's not a boycott for a journalist not to know what a boycott is. It says, with the quality of journalism in this country, says Tom and Galway. The person says, Anna, come on. Uh, okay, I can't read that one out. I blame Leo. Am I allowed? He's locked us down. Well, Leo has nothing to do with the conversation we're having today. Um, somebody says, no, I absolutely understand why the restaurants believe they need to take this action. Uh, somebody says, no, they will be breaking the law. But then again, as you rightly pointed out, bad laws sometimes are made to be broken. Um, and it goes on and on and on. Okay. And there's a lot. I, I've never seen so many texts, to be honest with you, in my life. There you go.
We could talk about it all day. But you can follow it on Twitter. There's a bit of a spat going on between the two of them there, actually. You can follow it on Twitter if you want. Uh, there's a link there on our Twitter account uh, to both their names. And I suppose you can give either one of them support if you want to. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.